Hello everyone, welcome to Struggle Session, the show they don't want you to hear. I am joined by my co-host Jack Allison. Hello, uh, the co-host they don't want you to hear. As well as special guest, band in the USA, Kay Helper, Hello. returning once again to Struggle Session. How's it going? I'm good, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to us on patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com or courtesy of the Blue Wire podcast networks. Thank you so much for your likes, your, your subscribes, your five star ratings. But folks, I don't know if it will mean anything if we uh, release the truth here and let Katie go off again. She might get us kicked off of, you know, iTunes or something like that. You're yeah. just getting yeah. banned all over the place. What you're saying out there, Kate, is so dangerous, is so yeah. provocative. I'm not sure that, like, the podcast over is the FCC, do they cover podcasts? Uh, I mean, they they might after this, you know, yeah, they, they might make the decision too. Yeah. 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 This could be a major game changer moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say, you know, it is brave of you to, you know, say the things you've been saying, Katie, but it's also very brave of us to host you. you know? Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's really. It, so, it may you know, even be more brave as well. If we're being braver. Yeah, you guys yeah. may be, you know, I'm a, cho I'm a member of the chosen people, as pro people probably know, but I feel like you are now honorary chosen people. Wow. And maybe even more Jewish than I am wow. just by <laughs> uplifting this Jewish voice. Wow. This is, yeah. that's big. That's very big. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that honorary membership. Yeah. You guys are like the righteous Gentiles that hid Jews during the Holocaust. <laughs> that's a name that they have for you. Well, for them, because you weren't around then. Yeah. Um, but Katie, tell us a little bit about, you know, I, I think people have probably seen the story if they've been online at all, but what uh, happened with you? Yeah. If you live under a rock, I'll tell you. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, there is a lot yeah. of stuff going on, no, to be course. fair. I, I, was self, I was being self, uh, self uh, deprecating uh, because I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard about it. But what happened was I have been a guest contributor, a weekly guest contributor to. Uh, rising on the hill i've done that for three years um and that's a show that crystal ball and saga and jetty started well crystal ball and buck sexton i think that's his name some kind of boring conservative like t t mainstream conservative i guess you'd say well, his name's buck sexton but buck he's sexton. a boring conservative that doesn't uh, sound are you sure right. that that's not a, a sci-fi action hero from Hold the on. 50s or a porn on, store check. yeah you know Buck Sexton. Yep, that's him. Wow, yeah. there we go. So he, wow, he's he is just a boring guy named Buck Sexton. Uh, yeah. wow. Waste of a name. So, yeah, truly. It is funny. Yeah, it both sounds really boring and also kind of like a porn name. It's interesting yeah. how it can be both things at the same time. I guess I shouldn't say that, especially if, you know, maybe he'll want to have me on and I, I need as much exposure as I can get. So very interesting <laughs> conservative named Buck Sexton. He and Crystal... Uh, Ball started the show, and its shtick is that it's people from, you know, one host from the left, one host from the right. And then um, Buck Sexton left, and Crystal chose a guy, Sagar and Jetty, and their shtick was not just one from the left, one from the right, but one from the left who would not be afraid to say things that Democrats didn't like, and one from the right who would not be afraid to say things that Republicans mm. like. 
So they invited me to do a weekly segment and then they left, started their own thing called um, Breaking Points. And there were like a couple of weeks where I wasn't on the show. And then they asked me, the new iteration asked me. So I've basically, with the exception of maybe a month, I've done it every week for three years. And then they also invited me or had me do some guest hosting, which is a paid position. And um, I did that four times. I'm supposed to do it two other times, like literally this Monday and the following Monday. And I also had pitched The Hill um, a pilot, which was, uh, or a show, I should say. I pitched them a show, which was like a left-wing version of The View. Uh, Brianna Joy Gray and I co-hosted mm. that. And we had on as guests, like as panel members, uh, Abby Martin and Rania Kalik. We shot that and they were editing it. I think they edited it into a full episode, a full show to show their executives. And they had released one clip from it. And the clip did really well. It did great mm. numbers on YouTube. So that's kind of my background with The Hill. And what happened was when you're a host, you get to do these things called radars. And radars are kind of monologues that are delivered straight to the camera. So they're like, what's on your radar? Well... Rashida Tlaib was in hot water over a comment she made about Israel. So that's, you know, for example, my radar that I wrote, and I spent a lot of time on it because I decided I was going to write about Israel. And obviously a lot of people are very critical of, of critics of Israel. So I really wanted to like dot my I's and cross my T's. So I spent like an entire weekend working, writing, rewriting, sourcing, you know, uh, this monologue about something that had happened with Rashida Tlaib, uh, the congresswoman from Michigan, Democrat. She had said at she was addressing a Justice for Palestine uh, conference, and she gave some uh, virtual remarks. And she said, people are realizing more and more that you can't be progressive while supporting Israel's apartheid government. And that caused a major backlash. People like Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League attacked it as, and he, he just fabricated this myth. He said she was asking American Jews to take a litmus test. Jeez. Which she wasn't. There was nothing Jew-specific at all. She was talking about being progressive. Mm -hmm. uh, then, it, then of course, Debbie Wasserman Schultz said it was outrageous and border, I think she said borderline anti-Semitic or nothing, nothing less than anti-Semitic. And then Jerry Nadler said it was, you know, problematic. And then Richie Torres obviously said that because he always talks about Israel. He does a lot of pinkwashing for Israel. And others came forward and, and condemned her. And Jake Tapper, who has like a weird history of being really bad on this issue and also picking out Rashida Tlaib, he did a segment on it. So in my monologue, I show uh, Jake Tapper's CNN segment on it. Uh, which ends with uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz saying this is outrageous. And I go, it is outrageous. It's outrageous that Rashida Tlaib is being attacked for the claim that uh, Israel is an apartheid government. And then I go through all the reasons it is. And I'm like, I understand that Jonathan Greenblatt and who, by the way, not only did he say it was anti-Semitic, but he said that Israel is not an apartheid government. And I said, I understand that Jonathan Greenblatt and Jake Tapper may not feel like it's an apart apartheid mm -hmm. government, but unfortunately apartheid isn't about your feelings, it's about facts. <laughs> then I go through the UN because what's interesting is that apartheid actually is a defined crime according to the UN and the International Criminal Courts Rome statute. So they define apartheid as a crime. So I looked at the definition of it. Then I looked at Israeli law. Then I cited human rights organizations 
including Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, and also a bunch of Palestinian organizations, which, to be fair, of course, were saying this long before other people were saying this. Sure. Um, and then, I, But I also quoted B'Tselem, and B'Tselem is an Israeli human rights organization. I thought that was important because, for better or for worse, and we can talk about this later on if you want, but I do feel sometimes conflicted over how much to highlight the fact that I'm Jewish or highlight the fact that there are Jews who are saying this. But we do know that there are people who will obviously take it more seriously when it's coming from a Jew. Um, some people for fucked up reasons. Other people, I think, honestly do fear that there is anti-Semitism in the world and there is mm-hmm. anti-Semitism. But uh, and they're constantly being bombarded with messages that say that criticizing Israel is inherently anti-Semitic, which, of course, it's not. And that's actually an anti-Semitic trope because it suggests that all Jews are have a proof of Israel's government. And that's in itself, like being Jewish does not mean being Zionist. It certainly doesn't mean uh, being uh, supportive of Israel's government, but it also doesn't even mean being Zionist at all. Right. And that's, you know, it's funny because like that's what anti-Semites say, like the Zionists, Mm -hmm. you know, they use that word as shorthand for Jews. And it's funny that the Anti-Defamation League and the APAC also basically uh, launder uh, traffic in that stereotype. So uh, then I quoted, I also quoted... um, Selim, that I quoted a bunch of Israeli officials, including prime ministers, all of whom had said, not all prime ministers have said this, all the people I quoted, and some of those people were prime ministers, that Israel was either an apartheid state or on its way to an apartheid state, uh, including um, as early as the 70s, actually, in a recently released uh, interview, Yitzhak, uh, Yitzhak, Yitzhak Rabin actually said it was going to be an apartheid state. Um, and then I went, then I went to South African sources. So I quoted Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela and a present day, uh, uh, South African, um, minister who just spoke at the UN general assembly meeting. And she mentioned the increasing, uh, scholarship and kind of public consensus that Israel is an apartheid government. And it's what's interesting is she actually cited a guy named Daniel Levy, who was an Israel negotiator at the Oslo negotiations. So again, this is something that as much as people like to pretend you have to be an anti-Semite to acknowledge, mm-hmm. it really is something that people, even people who are is like who don't like Palestinians, sometimes like in Israel, they'll acknowledge it. They just are like, yeah, it's apartheid and and that's it good. Has to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that the only honest position on this is that it is apartheid. And then it's up to you, Israel defenders, to figure out how you're going to defend it. But mm-hmm. the honest thing is to say it is apartheid. And then you can make up whatever rationale. You know, there are lots of talking points that people use. But it is interesting how I'm generalizing. But in general, this happens in a lot of examples. And how Israelis will be more honest about it than American Zionists. And by the way, American Zionists, Zionists are in numbers. The most Zionists in terms of numbers are Christians. I mean, because there are many more Christians than Jews. So, and there's a lot, a long history of Christian Zionism, obviously. They want us to like move back to, to Israel. And like, right. I think all of us, but 400 will burn an internal damnation. Yeah, your, your, your job is to bring about the end time. Is- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I bring this example up a lot, but there is this there's a school of historiography. It's called the New Historians. They're called the New Historians, and they reject the kind of establishment Zionist narrative of history. 
and they're very controversial in Israel, like Avi Schleim and Ilan Pape and Benny Morris are among them. What's interesting about Benny Morris is he wrote this book called 1948, in which he meticulously documents how Israel was founded through transference and ethnic cleansing. And then over time, he's become right wing. And so people are like, well, you're really right wing, but you're the one who proved that there was ethnic cleansing. It's like, yeah, there was ethnic cleansing. And if there had been more ethnic cleansing, we wouldn't have the problems that we have today. Which is so Israeli. Like, that's just Israeli. Whereas in America, people are like, they all wanted to leave. All the Palestinians wanted to leave. It was like their choice, you know, which is they don't even acknowledge the facts on the ground. So I delivered that monologue. They recorded it. They actually really stupidly didn't realize this. They 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 actually released the audio on their podcast. But um, they forgot to cut it out of their podcast. So some people heard it. I don't think it's a very well uh, listened to podcast. But they cut it out. They didn't. I, I left after the day of hosting, and the, a producer called me, and she's like, "I just want you to hear from me that the higher up saw your Israel, saw your your radar, and they're not going to run it. They don't feel comfortable with it." And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I didn't know this, but there's a policy apparently where the Hill doesn't do op-eds on Israel. Wow. Either video or written. I was like, okay. And she was like, but the good thing is you, you can do segments on it. I was like, okay. So segments, by the way, are like the things that I do every week when I come on as a guest, that's a segment. Or mm-hmm. when two hosts just talk to each other about something, that's a segment. But a radar is not a segment feels pretty arbitrary it is um it does seem arbitrary and then so i spent like the next three days trying to negotiate with them if they could release it have an opposing voice afterwards if they could uh edit it do something with it i wanted to get it out there i thought it was important thing to talk about and then um the producers who were trying to do the right thing, I keep saying this when I've been interviewed, I'm like, I hope I don't get fired, them fired for, for saying that because maybe doing the right thing is a fireable <laughs> offense at the hell. But they wanted to release it. They were trying to figure out how to do it. One of them told me she was cautiously optimistic that they'd be able to get it out there. Some She wasn't being like subversive. I think they really thought, like she wasn't under not listening to her higher ups. I think that mm-hmm. they really thought we could release it maybe and then have someone from the other side respond to it or something. And then there, I got a phone call from the editor-in-chief, this guy, uh, Bob Cusack, who told me they weren't going to run it. And I was like, why? And he said, because uh, it's not really in our sweet spot of coverage. We do domestic stuff, which is just not true. I mean, mm-hmm. Bronco Marchetich wrote an article about this at Jacobin, and he like mentions all these stories that were <laughs> international. I know because I did a weekly appearance on that show over the course of three years, and like, constantly brought up international stories um and he was like we get a lot of pitches that we don't take but that's bullshit because the way radars work is the host literally just they don't submit their radar it's not a for pitch review. to right? have it's something taped and recorded yes, yeah they send it in and then the next and that day that morning they load up the teleprompter and you just deliver it hmm. and ryan Grimm, who wrote about this in the intercept and who was at the hill himself before leaving for breaking points said that um, he he estimated he had done about like 150 of them and never got any any editorial review. Right. So then when I saw that he said he wasn't going to let me run the radar, I texted the producers and I was like, so can I talk about this tomorrow during my segment? They're like, uh, Sarah emailed you, this woman, another executive, an executive from Nexstar in the Hill. 
And it was like, we're not going to be needing you to come in to do your mm. radar tomorrow morning. Uh, please send us any unpaid invoices. Best of luck. And Jeez. I was like, what? Like, I was shocked. I was shocked wow. because I knew that they had, I was a good guest for them every week. I knew that they liked the numbers that our pilot episode segment that they released had done. Um, I really enjoyed working for them. And again, some people thought I was like being a shit stir. Some people were like, you did that to get fired. They're corporate. They're right wing. Like, I talked about Israel frequently as a guest. Mm-hmm. So the question is like, well, what's new about this? One is that it was a radar, which is different. And also they were bought by Nexstar in August. Ah. And Nexstar Media um, has, uh, hold on a second. You guys can cut this, right? If I'm going to sure. look something yeah. up so I don't look like an idiot. Um, Nexstar mm-hmm. Media, as Bronco Marchetich writes in his piece at Jacobin, uh, he points out that uh, Nexstar Media bought the hill in august for 130 million dollars and then in september uh either september or october i'm not sure uh i think it was september sagot value holdings limited an investment firm based in tel aviv bought 6100 shares in nexstar to the tune of more than one million dollars also uh in august nexstar filled the position of deputy managing editor of news nation its cable channel with jake novak a journalist who spent the preceding year and a half at the media, as the media director of the Israeli Consulate General in New York. He's written approvingly of Donald Trump's dropping of U.S. support for the two-state solution Jeez. and has advocated for Israel to build more illegal settlements, saying it would, quote, bring more peace, prosperity, and freedom to both Israelis and Arabs. He also led a presentation at Bar Ilan University titled Defending Israel Against Media Bias, How to Fight News Media and Social Media Bias Against Israel. The best defense is a good offense. And now what else, the other weird thing about it is that um, he about him, Novak, is he was like involved in the Matt Getz uh, underage sex controversy. And he appeared to admit to Dilbert cartoonist Scott <laughs> Adams, of all people. Oh, Scott Adams in, is involved. Wonderful. Yes. He was involved in the extortion attempt on Getz's rich father in order to funnel millions of dollars to a commando team leader to free a U.S. hostage in Iran. Good Lord. Yeah. What a character. Yeah. And and next the Iran Gilbert affair, yes. <laughs> the Iran Dilbert, exactly. Scandal. And then next our uh the next our's PAC, political action committee, gave eighty percent of its money to GOP affiliated PACs. Jeez. Um and is this also, is this so this is Nexstar. That's that's not yeah, the Next hill. Star, yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah. And um so and and it's Nexstar is very I mean, it's this is this is kind of troubling because they they bought Tribune Media in 2019 and then they became the largest local broadcast TV owner in the country. Oh, so this is them! Wild. Yes, outstripping the explicitly right wing Sinclair Broadcast Group. Um, so the for, the ple- the people that donate the most to the GOP of yes. now, obviously, this is a good thing that uh, they're, they're the explicitly right wing Sinclair Group and then the, I guess, not explicitly right wing Nexstar. Right. I mean, right wing in donation. Right. Just simply right wing in donation, not in, uh, I guess, press release. Who knows? Right. Overtly. Right. Not overtly. Yeah. Because Sinclair like really embraces that label, right? Right. According to an August 2022 filing with the SEC, the company now reaches nearly 40% of all U.S. television households. 
and it owns, operates, and provides services to 199 television stations and one AM radio station uh, wow. across Washington, D.C. and 39 states. It's really... And, and so as far as, like, the policy, you know, am I right in, in that, like, Brianna Joy Gray did a radar that was pretty similar to yours, kind of following, uh, you know, in the aftermath of your firing? It wasn't similar to mine in that she didn't really address whether Israel's an apartheid state or... Rashida Tlaib's comments, but what she did say was she basically was like, okay, they say it was it wasn't, uh, they say it was like stylistic and editorial and not ideological. And she's like, as someone who used to be the politics editor at the at the Intercept, I can say this was like met all editorial standards. She was basically like calling bullshit Hmm. um, about their claims, and she said she disagreed with them firing me and censoring me. Um, So I appreciated that, of course. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens moving forward. Wild. Well, it really is a, a, a pretty like oh, astonishing the story. Best, sorry, the best part is the silver lining is that once I realized they were maybe not going to release it, um, I start, I, I spoke to Rania Kalik at Breakthrough News, um, which is an independent media organization. And I was like, I have this script. I really want to release it. Um, and once, once it was clear that, uh, they weren't going to do it, they told me that Wednesday, like mm-hmm. evening and Thursday morning, I shot it with breaking wow. news. So you can find the video, uh, Katie at youtube.com slash the Katie helper show and also youtube.com slash breakthrough news. So we did the video, which is great. And it's been getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Wild. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's worth checking out the piece. Um, and yeah, just the whole sort of like next star of it all is, is really uh, uh, like kind of astonishing and, you know, wild. I guess the sort yeah. of like the widespreadness of the entire thing. Yeah, it's really scary. And it's just so gross. And it's like, I have to say, as a Jew, I fucking hate when this shit happens because it's really, it's like, do we want to make it seem like, I mean, again, most Zionists numbers wise are Christian. So that's good. But like, do you really want to give like kind of perpetuate the trope of Jews controlling the media? Like, I feel like that's what the message it sends. It's like you dare criticize Israel. Some Jewish people are going to get upset. And again, it's not exactly how it works. Cause again, the Israel lobby is multi-faith. Yeah. Um, or I would say by faith. I think it's probably just Christians and, and uh, Jews. I don't think there's a big, Muslim or Baha'i. Probably not, uh, no. Contingency, yeah. Like not a lot of Israel Palestinians. Lobby. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it was uh, disturbing. But, of course, I keep pointing out that, like, this is nothing compared to uh, what, like, Palestinian journalists go through. When sure. On, and, and journalists were there on the ground. And, obviously, Shireen Abu Akleh was murdered by the IDF. Uh that's actually something I talked about on the Hill. I wrote a piece. I mean, I did it. Not sorry, I didn't write a piece. I I came on as a guest and talked about Israel lying about murdering Shreen Abu Akleh. But you have to understand, um, Katie, that was a segment. That was not that a was radar. A segment. Yeah, so it's very, very Jack different knows. stuff. He's, he's very, worked in TV, very so different he gets stuff. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's a combination of a very like argued, backed up monologue. Is is more you know, is more problematic 
than sure. someone just talking. I think it's arbitrary, to be honest with you. Thing. I think it's I think it's that they didn't like what you said, and right. so they're like, okay, that's the new policy. Is, There's also uh, this this organi- this this website called Honest Reporting that pretends to be about honest reporting, but it's kind of an ironic name because they're just like total. Uh, they just try to get people who criticize Israel fired. And they mm. did do a piece about me called What the Hill. That was about one of my Hill appearances. That could have had something to do with it. Mm. Oh, but, What you know, the Hill. Oh, well, yeah. that title alone, that already just says like something's going down. What the Hill? Yeah, yeah. they're so clever. Yeah. Yeah, very it was cute. About my, something I said on it. So it's upsetting because I liked getting a lot being able to speak to a large audience Mm -hmm. about things like kind of precisely like these things that don't usually get covered in corporate media um and i think that what we know is that the hill is not in principle committed to like uh thinking outside the box or or speaking outside the box or uh going outside the mainstream they just realize it's monet it's it's profitable like there's yeah. an audience for that so they decided that will be their lane but yeah. only when it doesn't conflict with certain powerful interests yeah i guess what do you think is the 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 like you know the delineation here between like do you think it's actually editorial or do you think it just has to do with like the business interests that they have and the investors that they have well, when you say editorial, what do you mean? Well, like, I mean ideological is actually what yeah. I mean. Like, do you I think, think it's, it's ideological ide- on the place of on the point of the managers, or do you think it's more like, oh, here's who the investors are and next right. are and the right. people is we work like with? Is it like the ideology of the managers or the ideology of the investors? Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't. I think it's unclear. I would say the the investors because that's the thing that's changed. Mm-hmm. Like that's the new thing. Um. So that's kind of the new variable that's been introduced right. to it. Um. But I don't know. I mean, you never know who's going to be sensitive about this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have got some nice support. I saw Roger Waters talk about you yes. on uh, uh, on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe, yeah. have me on. Yeah. Uh, well, I, he, I don't know if he listens here. It. Yeah, Rashida Talib tweeted well, about yeah, it. He may not listen to it because this is Patreon only, and he doesn't subscribe <laughs> to Patreon. So no, this will consider... be public. This will be public. Oh, it will between... be public. Okay, when you yeah. were just you were just mentioning. Okay, good. So then, you know, hi Joe, thanks for yeah. coming in. <laughs> um, Don't sell yourself short, guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Rashida Talib tweeted some really nice stuff. Um, there's been some. I wrote a piece at Daily Beast. Because I, the Hill wouldn't care if I wrote a piece. I like the Nation. They don't read the Nation, so I want to get them. You know, I want to do something mainstream. Um, so I did a piece of the Daily Beast, and people have covered it. Uh, Worldwide Socialist Web, um, uh, Bob Shear's site, Shear Post posted the video. Mondo Weiss wrote about it. Um, Juan Cole wrote about it. Jacobin wrote about it. So. I would have loved for like MSNBC to have covered it, but uh, not this time. Uh, it's not precisely in the wheelhouse. I think they have a war to drum up at the moment. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Although, you know, Iman and Mehdi Hassan have been very good on this issue. Hmm. I will say, but yeah, it's probably not. It's not a priority right now. Yeah. Big stuff yeah. going on over yeah. there. Um, and that's what sucks is like I was going to do. It's funny. I had three radar. I, I, I There were three hosting gigs that I booked with them and I was going to do three radars 
or monologues. One was going to be about Ukraine. One was going to be about immigration, kind of rebutting the whole like people are fleeing communism or mm-hmm. narrative. And then one was going to be about Israel. And if I had done the other two first, I probably would still be at the Hill as of this recording. Um, and yeah, you should have got the other two out uh, before you got fired. Yeah, you know, that's really what it <laughs> is. But I'll do them anyway. I'll just do them on the Katie Alper show or something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Katie, thank you so much uh, for joining us once again. Course, so yeah. happy to have you on as always. And where can people find you now that you're no longer on the Hill? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, well, so patreon.com slash the Katie Helper show. And I have been getting a lot of support on there, which is really great to see. Um, please subscribe for free to my podcast, uh, rate and review it. Also subscribe for free to my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash the Katie Helper show. If you do become Patreon members, you get great uh, Patreon-only content with uh, Norman Finkelstein, a uh, whole Roger Waters interview where he talks about um, his the memoir he's working on. He reads part of it. He also reads part of a censored, op- well, an unpublished op-ed that the, that Rolling Stone turned down. Um, talks about Israel-Palestine. It's really, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Rolling Stone had him on, and the guy who interviewed him was such a dick like they interviewed him released it as a podcast and a written piece and then like such cowards like i guess he didn't felt like he didn't push back on roger enough during the interview so he basically bashed him like beforehand like they recorded an intro the the guy who interviewed him and some some guy at rolling stone it was the most cowardly like just below the belt thing to do like go like have the the cojones to go like to push back during the interview or don't run the interview. Yeah. Say it to the face. Know? Yeah. It was just like, they just look like total snakes. Yeah. That's, snakes. Uh, you know, Rolling Stone. And also makes Rolling Stone look very corny. That article. Yeah. Like I was reading that article oh, and I was it, like, yeah. is this like in wall street journal or something yeah. like that? <laughs> like this is the Rolling Stone. Yeah. This is Rolling Stone. There's that. But yeah, I definitely, of course, encourage people to watch the video. I also released it as a podcast. Because I think it's important to get that message out there. And look, no matter what you think of Israel, Palestine, whatever you think the solution is, like you just have to acknowledge the facts on the ground. Yeah, uh, just to, just just say it's apartheid, and I think that's good if that's what you like. You know, that's at least be right. honest about yeah, it. Yeah, your options are say it's apartheid and that's good, or it's apartheid and that's bad. Yeah, those, those are, are the two, two options. Yeah, there's that's the that's the binary. Yeah, yeah, there's no see. This is this is a case where we wholeheartedly embrace the binary. <laughs> All right, folks, that was Struggle Session. Have a good one. Peace. See ya. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.